hello, fellow Gritizens. Do you believe in your ability to navigate life's obstacles, but you're not always sure where to start? Well, lend me your ear, because here on the Grow My Grit podcast, we gather strength and inspiration from real people navigating real obstacles in real time with grit. I'm so grateful for the chance to connect guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit, perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles. With our individual grit compass as our guide, one of the biggest opportunities available to each of us is the ability to identify the strengths we already possess and we reliably bring to challenging situations. These insights into ourselves and into others allow us to explore obstacles with renewed passion and purpose. Are you ready? With us today is Johnny Serpilla, legend in the RV industry, owner in many businesses, founder of Encourage LLC, and best-selling author of Life is Hard, But I'll Be Okay, The Power of Hope, Emerging Through Pain, and Learning to Live with Gratitude. Johnny is a member on numerous boards and a professional speaker to businesses, communities, and universities about managing thoughts, leading yourself to productive choices, and framing each challenge in your life as an opportunity for self-reflection and growth. Johnny, I am so grateful for this opportunity to chat with you. Welcome to the Grow Migrant podcast. I'm very excited for this. (laughs) Hayes, thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. You're so welcome. All right. For the listeners, we are going to get right into what we always get into. And Johnny, I'd love to hear how you define your grit. So if you can walk us through each of your letters, we'll do a little back and forth. But just to start off, how do you define your default setting in the face of obstacles? So my grit, my G is gratitude. I live there always and Mm. push myself to go back there when I'm naturally not going there on my own. Mm -hmm. My R is resilience. And I think, as I say in my book, life is hard. And so I need resilience. I need to be able to bounce back. I need to be able to tap into something to get me through the times when life is hard. My eye is integrity because I need to be very focused on uh, living the life that God intended for me to live And I need to live that with integrity and honesty. And so that's so important to me. Mm -hmm. And my T is trust. I need to trust in God. I need to trust in my path. um, And ultimately need to trust in my choices and my thoughts that lead to the choices that I make, that I understand where my thoughts are coming from. And I can identify those that I need to push away, Hayes, that are not serving me well and other thoughts that I need to spend a little time on uh, and reflect on. Fantastic. We have the same G word and the same R word. My G in grit is gratitude and my R resilient as well. And with my approach, it's very much that when I'm in the face of obstacles, my brain reliably sees how things could be worse. And I'm immediately grateful that I'm not there. And I don't know why my brain goes there, but leading to the same train of thought where, okay, this is hard. And I'm going to be able to move forward because I've got this going for me and that going for me. So I love that there's a bit of overlap. And I was interested in your tea having that element of trust because you speak so much about thought. It's really neat how trusting is a choice and a series of thoughts. So I'd imagine that was a that's an ongoing conversation. Like you said, trust is the decision and then committing to that decision and then remembering you made that decision. So 
I love it. Thank you so much for all those words. Hayes, I have to say that I love that you said that your gratitude is, you kind of naturally go there and mm-hmm. you think that way that it, it could be worse. So many people don't do that, right? So many people land in the why me thinking mm-hmm. and they feel awful about the situation and spend so much time saying, why did this happen to me? I live in the why not me mode. Right. You look out in the world and so many awful things are happening to good people all the time, every day. Look at the news. Yeah. Why would any of us be exempt from any of that? And so Mm. we're prepared as you're prepared with your mindset of gratitude. And when something happens, you realize it could be worse. And you thoughtfully say that to yourself. Then you can really practice gratitude. You can't get to gratitude when you're stuck on why me? So I'm really encouraged to hear you say that. I love that. Oh, wonderful. And I love that you're encouraged because I feel that we speak a lot about encourage in our work. And I'd love for you to take a little bit of time to let me know, do you feel like your words connect your grit words? Do you feel like they cooperate with each other or do you feel like they compete with each other? You know, it's interesting, Hayes. I think there's a flow of all three of those. I'd Mm. love it to just be singular and it's one. And it depends on the season of life that I'm in. I think that... They connect to each other often and naturally, but in dark times, they tend to compete with each other because it might be a little harder to trust and feel grateful when you are in a really, really dark time. And and for us, with the death of our triplets, in that time, I did see gratitude, um, but you lose a little faith in those darkest moments that things will get better because you're so much in the middle of the storm. And so I think in those moments, my trust, um, you know, it competes with, you know, lack of faith, right. And just Mm -hmm. uh, being lost and alone and scared and feeling uh, just so defeated by life. And so I think that there are times for that. And then, you know, I think ultimately when, you know, I get my mind back to clarity I find, you know, that really the words connect well and they flow naturally. Maybe just I need a little bit more time for them all to flow together fully without any competition. Amazing. And I appreciate your comment, too, that this is really the opportunity to see that they often words will compete. They do connect and they do cooperate. And that's kind of the the game that I'm playing in the sense where it's really just how we view our combination of skills, how we view our combination of strengths at any point in time. That's a choice. So I really appreciate you being able to see that it's hard to choose just one of those three. Thank you. And you yes. know, sometimes we just need the time for them to connect, right? Because in the short look, in the short view, mm-hmm. uh, they're competing because there's a lot of emotions going on, uh, which is good in processing it. So it's all okay. Uh, but give it time and they can connect as long as we're maintaining our thoughts uh, properly, right? And we're dealing with those. Mm-hmm. And I love that appreciation for that element of intentionality. Again, like you said, being intentional with our thoughts is essentially what you talk about and what you model. And it's just something we can't ever stop doing. And that's in itself an obstacle. So I really appreciate you pulling that in. What I'd love to hear from you now that we've talked a bit about how your words connect is 
the idea that a lot of people I speak with reference their grit as an object. Some people say it feels like a compass because it's kind of the northeast, west, and south. Some say it feels like a one person said a kaleidoscope because it kind of gives her the elements to interact and to put together. And given your background in the RV industry, I would love to hear the idea that if your grit were to take the form of an RV, what make and model would it be? And then which features would kind of represent your G, your R, your I, and your T. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really fun. You know, for me, I, I, I'm going to be a little bit more global uh, other than make and model, but more a toy hauler, right? Mm. So the, the type of RV, um, whether it's a Class C um, or it's a travel trailer or a fifth wheel, but the type that has a back gate that opens up and folds down to a ramp that you can Ooh. take onto that a dirt bike or a golf cart or your motorcycle mm -hmm. or bicycles and that there can be, you know, bunk beds back there for a crew and others that you're bringing along. There could be front living spaces that can be used for family as well, but then also space for a crew to be with you or all of those fun things that make our travel across the country more fun. And so, you know, for me, I see, you know, that toy hauler, the back of it opening up much like our minds need to open up when we need to really know our grit, right? When we need to really, you know, buckle down and say, this is a tough season. Life is super hard right now mm -hmm. and I need to understand myself. And so I got to open my mind up to this situation. I kind of have the visual of this, you know, huge door that's nine feet tall and eight feet wide that opens up and then it folds down and serves as a ramp to welcome in all the accessories that can make mm -hmm. the experience more fun. Or in the mm -hmm. case of our brains, all the thoughts that can help us manage uh, that season that we're in, that challenge that we're in, or that period of enjoyment that we're in, right? So that we can truly soak it in and be present and not have our minds be somewhere else. So I like the idea of a toy hauler. I think it's, it's fun for families. It's fun for recreation. Mm -hmm. And it just helps you bring everything that you need on the road with you wherever you are. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. And I appreciate as someone without a lot of background in the RV industry, I have a very clear sense of what that means and what that opportunity it provides. And I like essentially what you described is that we are vessels at the end of the day, we are vessels and there's this cavity that we can choose what we let in, we can choose what we bring along because we're essentially always on a journey and the journey is complete with obstacles and hardships and forks in the road, but it's really up to us in that sense when it comes time to do hard things. You are opening your vessel and recruiting whomever, whatever you think you might need knowing that I'm still going forward. That's Absolutely. fascinating. <laughs> That's so, oh my goodness, I'm going to definitely commit to finding myself a toy hauler on one there of my next go. trips. Love it. Thank you so much for that. Oh my goodness. Now, what I'd also love to do, knowing that you've referenced managing thoughts, and I know that is a passion of yours. I know it is a fundamental um, opportunity that not everybody's aware of. I would love to hear from you when it's time to do hard things. Do you tend to change your thoughts as a prompt to change your behaviors or do you tend to change your behaviors as a prompt to change your thoughts? It is easy answer for me. It is, I need to change my thoughts to lead to my appropriate behaviors. And I say that because I, I, I'm somebody that has anxiety. I've always been anxious. I am a worrier. I'm a worrier for things to go wrong. I'm worrier uh, about so many things that 
you know, I really shouldn't be worried about at that time. I can see that there's a time for it. Uh, my wife uh, and I joke back to when she was um, breastfeeding our daughter and I was asking her if she was, and she was learning. She was just learning to do that. She was just born. And I was asking if she'd been praying for her future husband um, to be, you know, maybe born around the same time and being raised in faith and known uh, to love the Lord and, you know, would be a a good young man uh, for Ooh. Bella when she's older. And Bella and Susan looked at me and was like, you know, I'm just trying to work on basic nutrition. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't thought of that. And my reply was, oh my gosh, honey, you got to start thinking, pray on that. I mean, I said, while you're feeding her, you got plenty of time, pray then, you know? <laughs> and so totally insensitive comment at the time, but that's how anxious I get, right? I, I think about a lot of different things and I've been, you know, praying for our children's spouses, uh, you know, for 22, 24 and 26 years. Um, and so for me, it's really important uh, because I have so many thoughts. Um, I call myself an active thinker. It's another way of saying that I have anxiety, that those thoughts, if I don't deal with them, and process them and reframe them, my behavior will reflect those clouded thoughts and those jaded thoughts and those thoughts that I really don't need to do anything with. I could just simply dismiss and I don't even need to process them. And so for me, my behavior is totally driven um, by my thoughts. And sometimes my behavior um, still manifests positively when my thoughts aren't quite there because I just say, hey, you know what? This needs done. It needs Mm -hmm. done now. Your mind's not in the right place, but I'm not interested in that. It doesn't have to be in the right place. You need to behave this way and get this action done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just stand up and go do. And if this isn't about you, Johnny, this is about this behavior that's needed in this moment. Mm -hmm. That helps me a lot to sometimes just dismiss it from that perspective. Like, you know, I don't have time for your nonsense right now, John. Um, We're we're not going to play these games with thoughts. Uh, we got to step up here and lead and do. Yes. So powerful for several reasons, in particular, that conversation you're having with yourself. A lot of the time, what we are experiencing in the face of obstacles is a conversation with ourselves. And sometimes knowing your grit is half the battle because you know what you'd like to do, you know what you think about, and really coming back to what is required of me in the situation. So in that sense where when it's push comes to shove, I'm just showing up and I'm putting one foot in front of the other, I'll figure out my thoughts later. But when there's the opportunity to be intentional, it's very much where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be accomplishing? And what is the potential outcome of this obstacle? And how am I going to get there? So I love that you've essentially honored both ends in the spectrum. I'm very much on the think myself into behaviors as well, but there are those times where it's very much, I'm thinking about there are too many options to consider and it really is what needs to be done now. So in the interest of time, which is my tea and grit, time is very much a finite resource. What has to get done? <laughs> That's right. Amazing. We, we all have that of what needs to get done. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I just believe so firmly that with, with myself in, in moments, my grit um, is sometimes I'm that battle. And, you know, when you said knowing your grit is half the battle. Sometimes I'm the battle in my grit and I create mm-hmm. that. Um, and so many times all of us do that. We, yes. we create circumstances and thoughts in our minds that become bigger than the situation merits, um, leading to anxiety, leading to, um, you know, foggy decisions or leaded, leads to a lack of activity and mm-hmm. action that's needed. And then we don't like the reaction that we get 
when we mm-hmm. have a particular action or lack of action. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, recognizing how sometimes we stand in our own way is so needed because I'm half of my battles. Yes, I really am. I've seen that in life and life has, you know, thrown me some really difficult um, and heart-wrenching situations. Um, but in absence of those, I've still thrown myself plenty of those tough situations myself that I make bigger than it needs to be. Such a powerful insight. And it's interesting. I've spoken with some clients around that idea that there is this element of self-imposed suffering that we inevitably walk ourselves into. It's that getting out of your own way. It's that, yeah, sometimes things are coming my way. But like you said, sometimes we create some of the obstacles in our path. So I very much am grateful for that pulling in of reality that you've done so well. And what I want to conclude with is essentially you've really given us some neat insights into some of the things that have been really difficult for you. And that's essentially the content of your book, really getting into life is hard and I'm going to be okay. What I'd love for you to do is really just give readers a sense, give listeners a sense of which section of your book really talks about the grit, knowing that you've just learned about grit a couple of months ago and that you really thought about it after having written the book. If you could direct someone who loves the concept of grit to a particular section of your book to start, knowing they're going to read the whole thing, um, which section of your book really gives us that extra bit of insight into your G-R-I-N-T words? So I'll uh, give a little spoiler that I referenced earlier, um, but then I'll leave the rest of it to the book. And and that is after years of infertility, um, the death of our triplets, Uh, Nicholas, Mary, and Peter, when they died, um, is really after that, um, after the funeral, um, where my grit really came to me and to my wife as, you know, gut check time. And what are we made of here? What are we going to do? Because it was so natural to fall down, which we did. Mm-hmm. It was so natural to spend so much time at the cemetery, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it put us into a time where we had to just get incredibly focused on overcoming this loss and then really leaning into gratitude. And there was so much gratitude that we have for Nicholas, Mary and Peter. And I'm so blessed um, to be their father and to have had that experience in the, in the time that they were alive. Yeah. And, and I would never wish that away. I'm as painful as it was because it's, it's part of us and they were part of us and they were God's creation for us. And we needed to be grateful for the time that we were parents and no, we didn't get it 60 or 65 years until our death. Mm-hmm. Um, we had it briefly um, in their short life. And that had, we had to come to terms with that was enough. So the grit came from, you know, finding that gratitude for them and then really saying, how are we going to be resilient and move forward from this? How are we ever going to try to um, conceive again or adopt or all the other options that were available Mm -hmm. to us to parent? And how are we going to deal with that? And that's really where we then had to tap into our resilience probably when we thought that we were at a low and then a new low followed and we just kept getting knocked down by life. And then we had to really kind of say, you know, for our integrity of who we are as a couple, for our marriage, for our faith in God, um, if we have real integrity about those statements, we need to trust in him. We need to continue moving ahead and taking the next step. And it may be the next step towards another heartache, 
which in many cases it was, Mm -hmm. or the next step in something that's going to bring incredible joy. And then ultimately in the end, and especially the last chapter, um, which was just so incredibly hard, um, is the trust that we just had to trust in God in an incredibly difficult decision that we had to make morally and ethically and medically um, that, that really had my wife's life at risk, we had to trust. And that's ultimately what we did and the decision that we made against the advice of medical counsel um, to be true to ourselves and follow our integrity and, and mm-hmm. those things. So I think that's the section of the book that would uh, best define our grit. That's incredible. And what I love that your story ended up being we, you immediately pulled Susan into your story. I'm going to have to come back one day and have Susan on the podcast, but I love that your grit that really captured your difficulty, your challenge and your approach to challenging situations became your grit as a couple. And that was really powerful in the community that you created around your ability to do hard things together. I I really found that um, beautiful, that, that, that community that segue, that teamwork of sorts in the decision that you made to be together. Because in your bio, you know, you've been college sweethearts since the beginning of time and just get everything done together. That's right. And you know, it's, it's a, um, it's a blessing when you go through a situation with your soulmate that, you know, at times I don't recall if my thoughts are my own thoughts or they're her thoughts that I've taken in or they're our thoughts collectively. Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's the two of us that that live this together, and yeah. it it really is a we. Um, I wrote yeah. the book to honor my wife uh, for her incredible selflessness that she had at every turn uh, through every decision that we made together, and I, I just wanted to put out there um, what she went through and endured physically as well as emotionally. For me, it was only emotional, right? It yeah. was not physical. And, and that's an important distinction um, that, you know, I just couldn't identify with the hormonal changes and the hormones being injected into her that I was putting in her through injections. I, I just couldn't identify with the receiving end of that. I was on the giving mm-hmm. end. And mm-hmm. so I really wanted to honor her uh, so that people know the story of what women go through. It's a little different that this is written from a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, many topics on infertility. Um, or child death or uh, relationships and such might be from the female perspective. And so, you know, I I speak, you know, from uh, the man's view of it and and how I work to support my wife and ultimately Mm -hmm. honor her. Amazing. I am so grateful and so moved by your ability to share your experiences and articulate them in a way that everyone who is going through something recognizes that there is a way and there is an opportunity once we really harness what we're thinking and really harness where we may not know we're going, but that whole idea forward is forward, no matter the speed. And we are simply showing up and putting one foot in front of the other. We are making choices that we don't know where they'll lead. But again, you've done so much for readers and for listeners by just being being very, very open and being very sincere. And again, recognizing I wasn't aware that um, Susan was the inspiration behind the book. I knew a lot about your story, but that's an extra level of challenge. Because again, you're putting yourself out there to say, well, I was part of this. I was on the giving end, but really here's what I took away from this. So wonderful. Oh my goodness, Johnny. I want to read the name of your book again to make sure that listeners find themselves a copy. Life is hard, but I'll be okay. The Power of Hope. 
emerging through pain, and learning to live with gratitude. Johnny, I'm so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful for your grit. I love really just, I love hearing how people have taken this framework and been able to look back, which is neat. That's a great reference to your chapter in particular and being able to look ahead. I wish you so much continued opportunity to access your grit and be in your grit and inspire people. I feel like I could be inspired as well. That's what I would, <laughs> that's what I would assign to this conversation. You have inspired me and inspired listeners. And for that, I am so grateful. <laughs> Thank you, Hayes. Your your spirit is so beautiful. And I appreciate uh, the passion that you're putting to having people deal with tough topics and so that they know their grit. So thank you. You're very, very welcome. Have a wonderful evening. Listeners, check us out. They're going to check the show notes and everything about Johnny will be there. Thank you, Johnny Serpilla. Have an amazing evening and just continue to do all that you're doing. Thank you so much. <laughs> be well. Grow My Grit podcast, hosted by me, Hayes Shepmeyer, is a production of Gritty Guru Company. Technical production by Niall Fines. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. For more information about my book, Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit growmygrit.com. Follow me at growmygrit and share this podcast on social media. Leave a review, take a screenshot of the homepage, and send it to friends or family members who will benefit from more grit.